Hi, friends. Welcome back to episode number four of Blame It on the Aliens. I'm your host, and today's episode is going to be a mixture of doppelganger and alternate reality, things that don't make sense, obviously, um, Reddit stories. And for those of you who are like, what the hell is a doppelganger? Don't worry about it. The name sounds really cuckoo. Um, it's actually very interesting. And just wanted to shout out Drinking the Kool-Aid did an episode about doppelgangers. That was very fascinating to me. Um, I will try and find that specific episode and link it below. But doppelganger, just think twin, but you're not related. So somebody that looks exactly like you, who's living in the world that you don't know exists. For my Vampire Diary fans, it's uh, like Elena and Catherine. So, yeah, very interesting episode. Um, probably one of my favorites. I picked some badass, terrifying stories. So, without further ado, let's get into it. My best friend isn't the same. I know this sounds crazy and trust me, I feel like I'm going absolutely insane, but something has been going on with my best friend for months now and it's been the most confusing experience. I stumbled across this subreddit last night and was hoping somebody could help explain what is happening. For backstory, me and my best friend Lily have known each other since kindergarten we grew apart a couple of years during high school, but reconnected when we lived in the same dorm in college. We also lived together for the last two years of college. All of this is to say, I really know Lily. I pride myself in how well I know her. We've spent several nights staying up until 5 a.m. talking about absolutely everything, and I cannot for the life of me understand what is going on. In February, Lily got really sick. And for a couple of weeks, we weren't even sure she was going to make it. I was absolutely worried sick and spent those weeks crying my eyes out, scared I would lose her. Long story short, she had emergency surgery, which saved her life. She got out of the hospital a week and a half later. Recovery was hard, but by late March, we were back to hanging out like normal. In early April, we were driving to the park one of the only places we could go in quarantine, and listening to the radio when a song by her favorite band came on. I turned it up because we've sung this song in the car a dozen times before, but she immediately changed the station and said she hated that song. I asked what she was saying and reminded her how this was her favorite band all throughout adolescence, and she just stared at me, confused, and said she had never even heard of that band. I mean, I was obviously concerned by this and wondered if her surgery was causing her memory loss, so I brought it up to her parents, who were also extremely confused and said Lily had never talked to them about the band. Their posters covered her wall when she was younger. I mean, I remember it clear as day. There's no way all of them just forgot. 
a couple of weeks later, she was sitting with my family and I outside when she asked me where my brother was. I told her I wasn't sure what she meant because my brother had died three years ago in a car wreck. She got upset and accused me of tricking her, asking why I would lie about such a horrible thing. I repeated that he died and that she needed to stop because bringing him up out of the blue really upset all of us. It ended with her storming out of the house and us not talking for a couple of days until she called me to apologize. I insisted that he had died and said I would never lie about something like that. And she got really sad and started crying. And that was the end of it. But just yesterday, the weirdest thing happened. I was out grocery shopping with her when we saw her ex-boyfriend. He was extremely abusive towards her, and my friends and I all despise him and try to keep him away from her as much as we can. When I saw him, I attempted to distract her from the situation and slyly led her away, but she didn't seem phased and looked in his direction, saying he was cute. She asked me if she should go up to him and ask him out, and I looked at her like she was absolutely crazy. I told her not to not even bothering to bring up that he was her ex because at this point she was starting to really scare me. I texted our mutual friends and asked if they remembered him, and they all did, so I know I'm not making it up. Usually, her ex would try to come up to her and intimidate her or come on to her or something, but he just walked by us and gave us that friendly stranger nod. I am so confused. I feel so crazy. Someone, please help me make sense of this. Edit. Thank you to everyone who has commented and given their advice or feedback. I saw some questions from somebody about the surgery, so I'll talk a little bit more about that. Lily had ulcerative colitis, and it suddenly got really severe and started to infect her entire body. The surgery was to remove her colon. So, very invasive, but no, not neurological. Not sure if that has anything to do with memory loss. I really don't know much about medical stuff like that. The band is called Bright Eyes. We were angsty and we always sang first day of my life to each other in the car when it came on. I am 100% sure it was her ex because he has a very distinct tattoo sleeve on his arm. So true that he might be hiding in the weeds as an abuse tactic. It's just that he's never done that before, and it would be very out of character for him. He's a loud, angry guy and doesn't care about causing a scene. We've always thought he thrived on public drama. We grew apart for typical high school reasons. We had different things going on in our lives. I was cheerleading. She was on the debate team. Dumb shit like that. And just slowly stopped talking, but we never had any type of animosity, which is why it was so easy for us to pick up where we left off. My brother's death was an accident and was very traumatizing for all of us. We don't keep it a secret, but we aren't going on talking about him all the time because it's just so upsetting, which might be why she couldn't remember if she had amnesia. But she's at our house often, and it was so strange that it took a few weeks after her surgery to realize he wasn't there. As for medical attention, I called her parents and explained everything and how I was worried. Additional edit. They also brought up that she has claimed not to see movies that they know they've watched with her and has asked about a sister that she doesn't have. 
They're definitely worried and are going to take her to the doctor. What's weird is they also don't remember her ex. And there's no way they wouldn't, considering how often he stalked their house. So how do some people remember him clear as day and others don't? Could time travel be a natural phenomenon? My experience in Washington's Cascade Mountains. I have always loved the outdoors. I was fortunate enough to be born in the great Pacific Northwest, the Western Washington Cascades to be exact. My father and I spent much of my early years of life exploring the mountains, fishing and hunting. There are parts of the Cascades I know like the back of my hand. One of those places is called Goblin Creek up the Index Galima Road off Highway 2. When I was a kid, we would drive up there to do some fishing and shooting, but also to collect a specific type of rock that when cut in half and polished would resemble a scenic picture of the view of the mountains from within a cave. I don't recall the true name of these stones. We just called them picture rocks. My father's friend and neighbor owned an art gallery, mineral shop that used to be a church. If you have ever driven through Startup on your way from Sultan to Gold Bar on Highway 2, you might remember seeing the robot sculpture outside the shop that my dad built. This is the place that we sold the stone for $2 a pound. It was lucrative revenue for a preteen. The walk from the creek where we harvested these rocks to the dirt road wasn't particularly long, but lengthy enough that you could presumably get lost while en route if one didn't know where they were going. In the years we spent at this creek, I had only ever seen two other people out there. One was a game warden that heard the gunshots from our target practicing session and tracked us down to make sure everything was okay. The other is the subject of my curiosity. When I was about 14, I distinctly remember hauling a backpack full of these rocks up from the creek to my dad's truck. Along the way, I ran into a man that looked to be about 30 years old. We both appeared to be surprised that we would run into anyone in rather a remote section of the mountains. But as I got closer to this man, he was heading down to the creek. I was heading up the road. He seemed to grow increasingly more startled, as if he was just seeing a ghost. He didn't say anything as I passed. He just stared at me, seemingly trying to figure out the appropriate words to ask me or something. After passing him, I remember thinking how much this guy looked like he could be in my family. The similarities were striking. I continued onto the truck, dumped my load off of rock off at the truck, and headed back down to the river to my dad. When I arrived, I told him about the encounter and asked him if he had seen this man to which he replied that he hadn't. I've remembered this encounter quite vividly since then. Last year, I was visiting my family in Snohomish and decided to head up Golden Creek for nostalgic purposes. It had been about 15 years since I'd last been up there. Along the way, up there, I found out the Index Galima Road had apparently washed out years before. Luckily, I knew of another way up there via Jack Pass. 
I found the dirt road and parked where my dad used to park and proceeded to walk through the woods down to the creek. Along the way, I saw something that was absolutely shocking and shook me to the core. As I was about halfway through the woods, I was startled to see someone else coming up from the creek, a boy about 14 years old. He was wearing a backpack that looked to be burdened with heavy weights. As we got closer, I began to get increasingly confused and shocked as the boy looked exactly like I did at his age. I meant to say something to him and as he passed, but couldn't figure out the right words to express what I was thinking at the moment. He passed me and kept going. I walked a little ways and finally stopped when all reality hit me. I remembered the encounter from my teenage years and realized I had just lived the other half of the experience. Both the man and the boy were me, roughly 15 years removed. I turned around to catch up to the boy in the thick western Washington woods. I ran all the way back up the road where my truck was to find nothing. There wasn't anywhere else besides the road for him to go. And I hadn't stalled so long as to not be able to catch up to him. He was simply gone. Curiosity got the best of me, so I hurried down to the creek, half expecting to find my dad fishing on the bank 15 years younger or something, but found nobody. I ended up going home and decided that this experience was too unbelievable to tell even my friends and family. I just wanted to get this out there to the wonderful Reddit community to see what others think and hopefully to see if anyone else has had this type of experience as well. Glitchy Hospital. Me? I work at a hospital as a registered respiratory therapist, and the following happened only a few hours ago. I was running three floors with 13 patients under my direct care. Six of them I have treated for a few days, and I know them in terms of we have talked while I treat them. I'm considered a kind person by most patients, so they talk to me and tell me about their lives and about their family, etc. There is a particular lady, 73 years old, terminal patient. I've been treating her for four days now, so she knows me well enough to not confuse me with anyone else. As I stated, we have talked before and even joke around. Very nice lady. At around 1.30 a.m., I was headed to her room to provide treatment, but as I was walking through the hallway, a code came in and I had to turn around and instead run all the way to the ER to deal with the code the ambulance was bringing in. I was with that coding patient for a good 25 minutes with all the nurses and the doctor trying to save his life, but unfortunately, we couldn't. After that, I had to continue my normal rounds, and my next stop was obviously the lady that I was going to treat prior to the code's arrival. So I went to her room, and when she saw me and she asked, what happened? Did you forget something? I thought nothing of it and told her it was time for her treatment, to which she replied, son, you just gave me the treatment only a few minutes ago. I said, ma'am, I've not, did, did somebody else come in and give you treatment? Which should not have happened anyway, as I said, I had with me her treatment chart. 
She said, you gave me treatment only a few minutes ago. You came in like you always do, asked me how I felt, and we talked about adjusting my dose because it's making my heart race like a horse. And you said that you would look into it. Mind you, she wasn't alone. Her granddaughter was there too, and she also said that I had been there only a few minutes ago. After trying to process what she said to me for a few seconds, I said, ma'am, are you sure somebody came in here and treated you? To which she replied, not someone, you. You're the only one who treats me at night, you and that crazy nurse out there. I was confused and told her to hang on a minute, so I went outside and went to the nurse's desk where the patient records are kept to see if anyone had written on it, looking for any treatment anyone else had given her, but there was none written. I went back into her room and said that I still had to give her treatment. Obviously, I had to or I could have lost my job for that. Anyway, as I'm treating her, I'm asking her granddaughter about it, and she also is 100% certain it was me and that I gave her treatment and that we indeed talked about adjusting her dose. Now, I'm here thinking and asking myself, what the hell? I was in the ER, and there are several witnesses I was there for a good 25 minutes, but the patient and her relative claim I was in the room with them during that time. There are no records of any treatment on the patient records, and we RTs carry around a little chart of our personal patients for the shift, and no one else but me had it. So what happened here? I asked the nurse outside of the desk if she saw anyone going in, to which she replied, other than you, no one. I asked again, are you sure you didn't see anyone else go in? Well, no, just you. I mean, like you went in, were in there a few minutes, came back out, walked right past me and then went down the stairs and then just came back. So the nurse is saying that indeed I went in the room, then left and now came back. But it wasn't me. I was in the ER. After all this happened, I talked to the security guard and asked him to please check the security footage and let me know if someone else went in. About half an hour later, I came back and he said that, yes, indeed, someone went in that looked physically just like me, wearing the same uniform, but couldn't make out the face as I never actually faced the camera, so the footage never caught my face. So now we have footage of me walking into the room and brace yourself, footage of me in the ER at the same time. Needless to say, they are looking into this right now. Like I said, this only happened a few hours ago. I just got home and I was, I was driving All I could think was glitch in the matrix. So here I am posting it for all of you to read. Update. I just came back from work again and turns out that this was a huge controversial subject all day and night yesterday at the hospital. Everyone is talking about it. Everyone came up to me asking me what had happened. A lot of them in complete disbelief. Not that I can blame them. The hospital is taking this very seriously, though, not for the same reasons we are. 
to them, this is a case of someone else walking into the hospital and walking into someone's room for only God knows what reason. They are actually very concerned. They are investigating this because there is footage as evidence that this actually happened. A lot of people, colleagues, are very creeped out by this, and some are just very interested in what possibly could have happened. I was actually brought into the administrator's office to give him an account of my events. I'm not in any kind of trouble, as they know for a fact that I was in the ER when this happened. He just wanted some information, understandably. I was ordered to keep this event between us, as in those who already know about it in the hospital. Because this actually is being considered a crime and is under investigation. Hopefully he doesn't use Reddit. The hospital's administration interviewed the patient and her granddaughter, and they stand by their word. It was me in the room with them, and it was me who treated her and talked about adjusting her meds or dosage. They, too, are now very creeped out after finding out what they were being interviewed for. I did talk to them as well and just to kind of explain what had happened, and they just could not believe it. They just can't understand it because they have seen me for days, talked to me and joked around with me and seen me in the cafeteria even, the granddaughter, I mean. So it's not like they could have just confused me for somebody else. It was me. About actually getting a copy of the footage, I am looking into it. I asked the security guard, who is actually a friend, about him getting me a copy, but he can't, at least not now, because as I said, it is a case under investigation, plus there are laws like HIPAA, and the footage has an overlay now with the hospital name on it. Hopefully, he can get me a raw copy of the footage without the overlay so as to not identify the hospital. But that, of course, if even possible, would be after they finish the investigation. And yes, the police is involved. And yes, they also questioned me. I've been reading up on these kinds of events and have found similar stories and too many possible explanations, everything from ghosts to alternative universes to colliding timelines. So I have no idea what this could be. Who knows? Update two. The hospital is still investigating, but so far, according to what I'm being told, there have been no new developments. They are stumped. No one has come clean about going into that room for any reason, so no one was impersonating me as far as the hospital is concerned. The patient and relative both stand by their word, as so does the nurse who says she saw me going into the room, then out and then down the stairs, only to see me come back a few minutes later. It's all starting to give me the impression that this whole deal will be swept under the rug, never to be discussed again. I don't want to think that that will happen. I just want answers. After all, it does involve me and someone pretending to be me. Of all people, why not the doctor or a nurse? If and when any new developments come to light, I will update again. Also, I'll just try to push the security guard for a copy of the video I've seen it, and the person most definitely does look like me. I still can't get over people saying that it was me. I don't know what to think. I met a girl at uni, and after uni, we decided we'd move in with each other. The plan was whoever got a job first would pay the rent, etc., while the other looked for a job in the same city. 
I got the job, and we moved into a small house together. Months later, she's still having no luck finding a job. I feel like crap one day, unusual for me, and come home from work extremely early, like before lunch, in through the front door and look into the lounge and see her just sitting there. The TV isn't on or the radio, and she's just staring straight ahead, not even moving. I stood there and watched her for a while out of curiosity. I'm sure everyone wonders what their partners or friends do when they think no one's around. She did nothing, just stared, dead ahead. The closest I can describe is like in older computer games where you'd get into a room and an NPC hadn't noticed you yet, and so you'd just be kind of standing there waiting for you to get in and them to activate you. We'd had a fight the night before, so I just kind of shook my head and went off to bed. At around four, I get up and go downstairs again, and she's still there, staring dead ahead, at which point I obviously worry and try to get her attention. Nothing I did, even shaking her or shouting, would wake her up from whatever it was, so I called my dad. He's a dentist, but knows a lot about medicine generally, and I ask him what I should do. He says he'll be there in around 20 minutes and to keep an eye on her until then. Around 4.30, she suddenly gets up, goes into the kitchen, and starts doing chores, washing up, getting tea, etc. I follow her and watch her before asking her if she's okay, and she says she's fine, pretty casually, like nothing had happened. I asked her, what had she been doing that day? And she launched into this long explanation of how she'd gone out job hunting and where she'd gone and managers she'd spoken to that day. It was so creepy. I told her what had actually happened and she looked at me oddly like I was crazy, insisting that she'd just been out job hunting and had only just gotten back. I told her I wasn't judging her and it was fine that she hadn't been out job hunting, but I was worried, and she had definitely been sitting there all day. My dad came around and suggested she may have just been having an absent seizure, which is a type of epilepsy. She had scans, etc., and nothing showed up, no tumors either. And since she didn't believe my story, things got pretty tense between us, especially because after possibly having an absent seizure... She had been banned from driving for a year. Over the next six or so months before we broke up, I did some pretty odd things to try and prove what had happened, including booking days off work without telling her and then pretending to go to work, only to park around the corner, come home sneakily, and then observe her. A lot of the time, I'd find her standing there doing nothing again, But when I would ask her about it, she'd still have these long explanations of what she'd been doing that day. It happened so often that I kind of got the feeling my girlfriend was only really on when people were around. And when she thought no one was around, she'd just go into a default off state until people got back. Weirdly, some of her stories were backed up. Like, she'd said she'd gone to meet a friend that day, and later, when I checked with the friend, she said that it was true. This is the only part I can't really explain to myself, and I've kind of just dismissed it as the friend being nice and 
trying to back up her friend. We broke up, though we're still friends, and I haven't mentioned it to her since. Still freaks me out, though, and I worry about what other people are like when they think no one's around. Is this normal? My ex saw my doppelganger creepily following her one night. For the sake of context, I'll start by saying that when I was in my late teens, I used to live in a small town just outside of Hamburg, not far from my girlfriend at the time. We used to spend a lot of time together and go out for lots of walks as neither of us had cars. Every few days, I would walk her to her driving school just up the road. Her classes always started pretty late in the evening, and it was winter in Germany, so the days were very short and it got dark early. I used to hate when she would walk there alone. Furthermore, after dropping her off at classes, I always tried to be there to walk her home also. I would simply depart after dropping her off and return after her duration of her class. This is where shit gets weird. One particular evening, I dropped her off as normal, only about a 20-minute walk traversing a quiet wooded park and a few short side streets to get there. I left to go back home for about an hour or so, then departed early so that I could catch her before she left. For some reason, I arrived especially early this time, and I had to wait outside for about 20 minutes. It was very dark, and I was simply sitting at the bus stop across from the street from the school. I waited and waited and waited, and she just wasn't exiting the doors to the school. I sat outside for probably 35 minutes just waiting there. It should also be noted that I didn't have my phone on me at that time, and I thought it would be a quick and easy excursion, so I just didn't bring it. Clearly a mistake. At this point, I of course started to ponder. Has she already left? I must have missed her. She should be finished by now, etc. After about 40 minutes went by, I started contemplating heading back the way I came to see if she was walking alone, but I didn't want to risk it just in case she hadn't actually left. So I remained there, awaiting nervously. This is the really weird part. So I'm sitting there, tapping my foot, and I see two people with flashlights walking up the street from the opposite direction, apparently looking for someone. I was like, what the fuck? I got up and approached to see what was going on. The two people searching were my girlfriend, who I was waiting for, and her mother. As soon as they saw me approaching, they said, There you are. We've been looking all over for you. Where the hell have you been? And what the hell were you doing back there? I said, what do you mean? I've been here for 40 minutes waiting for you to leave school. Where did you two just come from? What is going on? I finished early today and started walking back alone. I wasn't able able to contact you because I had no phone, but I saw you following me. Why are you back here now? This isn't funny. I was dumbfounded. What are you talking about? I've been right here for 45 minutes straight. Now, this is what my girlfriend saw from her perspective. 
After leaving slightly early from her class that day, she began walking astutely back home after noticing I hadn't arrived to pick her up yet. Assuming she would bump into me on the way, she wasn't worried about walking alone and she confidently began heading home. She spotted me from about 500 meters away and witnessed me crossing the street, which I had actually done while walking towards the school. She expected me to approach her and greet her, but seems I didn't even notice her across the street and we walked right by one another. This was the last time she actually saw me before meeting me again at the bus stop. Regrettably, I used to be quite the prankster. I was always teasing and messing with her, so she assumed that's what I was doing then. She thought I was intentionally ignoring her, so I would sneak around and scare her or something. I don't know. Either way, she didn't call my name because she thought I was being a dick. LOL. The creepy part. So after that initial interaction, I shortly thereafter arrived at the bus stop and proceeded to wait. She, on the other hand, had a very eventful walk. After she saw me initially, she just kept walking towards home, expecting me to jump scare her or whatever, and her expectations to her seemed to be fulfilled. She began hearing footsteps behind her about 10 meters away. She knew it was me just fucking with her. She then looked back and what she saw was me following her in the exact outfit, walking exactly how I walk, just following her and staring at the ground. According to her, it was my exact face, hair color, and even physical demeanor. To her, it was beyond the shadow of a doubt that it was me following her. So damn strange. The doppelganger said nothing, never looked up, and kept a consistent 10 meters behind her. He followed her for a few minutes down the road, just being creepy as fuck. She, of course, turned forward again and laughed at my supposed pathetic attempt to scare her. But after an amount of time, she started getting weirded out and wondering what the fuck I was doing. Shortly thereafter, the footsteps stopped and she lost me around a bend of the road. She looked back confused and even called my name to no avail. She shrugged and continued forward through the wooded park near her home. It was a very quiet, dark, and creepy park. But she powered through it. Quick reminder that this entire time, I was actually sitting at the bus stop. About halfway through the small park, she hears footsteps again, and they were much faster and heavier. She turns around to me once again to see me sprinting towards her full tilt baggy jeans, heavy sweater, just sprinting as fast as I could. She saw my eyes glaring into hers, like staring into her soul. At this point, she was startled. She didn't know what the fuck was happening, and I apparently booking it straight towards her. As the doppelganger got to about 10 meters away, he turned and ran towards another pathway in the park, running towards a non-lit, pitch-dark section of the park sprinting as fast as he could. Like, what the fuck? She watched as I sprinted into the darkness and faded from view. The immense confusion sparked some worry in her. She was almost home and thought maybe I was running around to meet her on the other side of the park, 
Also, she just wanted to get the hell out of that creepy-ass park. She really gave the doppelganger the benefit of the doubt that night, though. As she arrives home, ask her mother if I'd arrived, and sure enough, I never showed up. She tells her mom the whole story, and they begin to worry that something was wrong. They waited a few minutes, then decided to look around for me. When their attempts failed, they thought to look around near the driving school again, and that's where they found the real me at the bus stop. That's basically the whole story. It was extremely peculiar, and since that day, about six years ago, I've been wondering what the hell it could mean. I mean, I've heard that doppelgangers are omens of death, but lately, I've been thinking maybe it was some elaborate glitch or some kind of intersection of universes. What do you guys think? I hope that you thought this was as interesting as I did. Thanks for reading. I think I called myself. I've been reading the stories on this subreddit and have enjoyed them, so I thought I would share my own weird story with you guys. It happened in early 2000 when I was working at a juvenile detention center in a small town in Oklahoma as a corrections officer. I was working nights at the time and went to work around 9 p.m. This one night, when I arrived for work, my supervisor looked confused and asked me what I was doing there. So I said, uh, I work tonight. But he said, but they said you called in a few hours ago saying that you were sick. I was a bit confused and said, it must have been somebody else and they got the message wrong. After everyone else showed up for work that night, it was a bit more weird, but we carried on as usual and assigned everyone to their places for the night. I went to work in the control room where I usually work. The control room is the center of the prison that has direct control over the cameras, doors, phones, and everything. After I relieved the guard on duty and settled in for the night, I looked at the message that said I had called in. It said I had called at 6.50 and said that I had gotten sick while out cleaning up after the storm. There had been a storm the night before, and it was a bit bad, but not anything I would have to go and clean up. It was truly weird. The supervisor came into the control room that time. He was also a friend of mine outside of work, and we started talking about how it was odd. I decided to call my wife at home and tell her about it while he was still sitting there. I picked up the phone and dialed. After two rings, a man picked up the phone with a raspy voice and said, Hello? I did not know what to say for a few seconds. I looked at the phone to make sure I had dialed the right number, and I had. After a few seconds, the person said, Hello? Again, in the same raspy voice. I said, Hello? Who is this? This is Taylor. Who is this? The person said. My head started spinning because my name is Taylor also. I said in an almost scream, where is Anne? He said, Anne's in bed. Who is this? I dropped the phone and told my supervisor to ring me out. I had to get home and I took off towards the door. I could hear Dave pick up the phone behind me and say, hello, followed soon after by what the fuck rather loudly. I ran to my car and drove home faster than what was legal, my mind racing the entire time. 
I busted through the door. My wife was sitting watching TV and was shocked at me being home. I asked her who was there, and she said no one had been there. After a long, rather intense talk with my wife, I went to call the prison to tell them what was going on, but the phone was dead. I went back to work, and when I came in, Dave was acting weird and asked me, how the hell are you doing this? He told me that when I left, he picked up the phone, and the person on the other end sounded just like me. He kind of freaked out and hung up the phone. A minute later, as he could see my car leaving the parking lot, I had called back from home and asked what the fuck was going on. He said that I was a bit irate and said I was sick and did not feel like playing these games and was telling him to stop prank calling me and hung up. After convincing him, I had no idea what was going on and went back to work. Later, I found out that the phone line for my area had been knocked out down the night before by the storm. This is absolutely the strangest thing that has ever happened to me. I slipped into an alternate reality while driving home from work. This isn't a very interesting story, but I just have to share. It's been bothering me for some time now. First, a little bit of background. I go into work right around 2 p.m. and get off around 8.30 p.m. I always take the same route to and from work. Also, I've been working at this particular store for about six months. Well, one day, about a month and a half ago, I started feeling really weird while I was at work. Almost like I wasn't there, my body was there, but my mind was somewhere else. It started about two hours before my shift ended. I thought, okay, kind of weird, but I was taking cold medicine at the time and figured it was just that messing with my head until my drive home. On this particular night, I got out of work a little late. My DM came in because we had to unplug and shut down everything in the store so the city could do some kind of energy whatnot or another. I don't remember the details. I just know that if we didn't unplug everything, the shit would get fried. So I'm driving home about 20 minutes later than usual, and my anxiety starts building to the point where I feel like I'm going to have a panic attack. And the feeling of being there but not there starts to get worse. That's when I see it. As I said before, I take the same route every day to and from work. But as I went down the road, I looked to my left and saw this big semiconductor plant all lit up that had never freaking been there before. I pulled over on the side of the road, freaking the F out. I know for a fact it had never been there before. And it's really hard to miss driving home in complete darkness with a huge lit up power plant. You didn't even have to look for it couldn't miss it. I sat there for a minute until I'd calmed down a bit, trying to reassure myself it had always been there. I just wasn't paying attention. I'm not going crazy. I probably just had never seen it before. A few minutes later, my boyfriend called me and asked me if I could pick up some McDonald's for him. Sure, no problem. I passed by one on my drive home. The feeling of anxiety and not being here started to fade. 
until I pulled into the drive-thru, ordered my food, and then a worker I had never seen before was sitting at the front window. I asked him how long he'd been working there, and he said, about two months now. Now, I'm really freaking out. I came to this place nearly every day for months at varying times throughout the day. Even weirder yet, he was the only worker there that night. I mean, I'm sure there's an explanation for that part, but it sure didn't help me feel any better after discovering a new power plant just popped up out of nowhere about 20 minutes earlier. I proceeded to go home and have a full-blown panic attack, curled in a ball, shaking, crying, hyperventilating, the whole deal. I told my boyfriend about the power plant I'd seen, and he said, oh, yeah, that's always been there. How have you not seen it before? And now... Every day, I look at that damn place and freak out a little bit because I know it was never there before. Since then, I've noticed tiny little details about my life are just slightly different, like my dog not knowing tricks she's known since she was a pup, or my boyfriend pronouncing a few words differently than he ever did before. The only explanation I can come up with is that I accidentally slipped into an alternate reality while on my drive home from work. My seat was empty when I saw the photo that had just been taken of my friends and I. I went to Alton Towers, popular theme park in England with some friends one summer, and we decided to all ride Oblivion, a big ride attraction. Google it if you want to know what it's like. It's awesome for the first time. We were prepared to queue because there's always a huge queue for it, and I was thankful because I wasn't entirely sure I wanted to ride it due to being a bit less of an adrenaline junkie than the rest of the group. So I was going to use the cue time to talk myself into it and psych myself up for it. However, when we got through the queue area, there were only around six people in front of us and the person working on the ride told us to get ready as we'd be riding next. Of course, I tried to act cool around my friends, but I was shitting it and almost walked right the way back through the queue area and just left. But I didn't. I sort of sat down on the ride between my two friends and autopilot, trying not to think about what I was actually doing. On the climb up to the drop, I felt like I was miles away. I mean, I could hear my friends talking excitedly, and I could feel the cool air on my face and the music blaring from the speakers inside the ride carriage. But it was like I wasn't actually there and was simply just watching it happen to someone else. Anyway, we reached the top. The ride pauses with you hanging over the edge, staring down a vertical drop before it releases and the carriage falls straight down through a dark tunnel and then out the other side. It's over in seconds. The ride captures a picture of each carriage just before it enters the tunnel. I still felt in a blur after the ride, but joined in with laughing and talking with my friends about the experience we had just had. On our way to the exit, You pass the counter where you can buy the pictures from the ride. My friends wanted to buy a copy of the picture, so we all pitched in two pounds each or something and went to purchase it. Side note, I don't, it says like a little E with a two, and I'm from America, 
United States, so I don't know what that means. So I'm just going to say two pounds. If you're from England and you're listening, don't judge me. So we all pitched in two pounds each or something and went to purchase it. They showed you a digital version of a screen of the picture you're about to buy before you actually pay. And this is where the whole thing just fucking freaked me out. We looked at the picture from our carriage. My friends are there screaming from the thrill of the drop. It looks hilarious. And then I noticed the seat where I had been sitting between two of them, it, it was empty. It was literally, I was literally not in the seat or in the picture, yet all of my friends were. I remembered riding the rod. My friends remembered me riding the rod, but for some reason, I just didn't appear in the picture that was taken of us on the way down. And as though I was never actually there. My friends were equally weirded out and decided not to buy the picture in the end. We all put it down into some sort of technical glitch, laughed it off, and forgot about it so we could enjoy the rest of our time at the park. I still have no idea what happened to this day. I chased myself. About six years ago, when I was 14 years old, I was walking through the small trails throughout my parents' property that we had lived on at the time. This was a regular thing I used to do because I had just moved into the area, and there were all sorts of old-fashioned farm equipment and old shacks in the woods on the property. My parents were pretty wealthy, and they had purchased well over 100 acres. They still own it to this day of land, and there were even a few streams that ran through there as well. It was sometime in the afternoon that I was walking on this narrow path and I noticed a golden retriever run out into the path in front of me from out of the brush. I was curious and considering I didn't have a dog and there were not any neighbors within around five miles of this property, it looked at me, began to bark and stopped in its tracks, looking at me with a very agitated look. A few moments later, a man around 19 or 20 years old, comes running out of the brush and stops in his tracks and looks really confused to see me and yells, hey, what are you doing here? And starts to chase me. I instantly sprint as fast as I can back to my house and didn't have any intent of looking back, but I heard him yelling, hey, wait. And the voice sounded scarily familiar. And eventually, Halfway through the wooded thicket, I couldn't hear his voice anymore, and he didn't seem to be following me. However, that did not stop me from getting back to my house as fast as possible. I told my parents this, and my stepfather actually went and retrieved the rifle from his gun safe and proceeded to go look for this guy for an hour or so before basically finding no evidence of this happening. I actually got grounded for this because they thought I was lying and my parents, being very Christian, basically assumed it was just another tall tale from their rebellious child. Okay, now that you've made it through this part of the story, this is where it starts to get fucking absolutely weird. Around five weeks ago, I visited my parents' house with my girlfriend and her golden retriever, Bentley. The first house of the visit went just fine. I talked with family, had some drinks, enjoyed being at home for a change instead of working my daily nine to five shifts. It was nice. I stepped out to let the dog out and to smoke a cigarette. And for no reason, Bentley decides to dash into the woods full speed. 
as fast as I could run. I ran after him into the thick woods and eventually actually lost track of him. It wasn't until about five minutes later of walking into the woods, I heard him barking at something. I quickly ran to the sound and found him no more than 15 feet away from a kid playing in the woods. I looked at him, confused, and said, hey, what are you doing here? And I started to walk towards him, and the kid booked it as fast as he could and ran through a thicket of brush and literally completely vanished. I've never experienced something like this, and during the moment, I actually had no idea. But the kid was wearing the exact same clothes I used to wear as a 14-year-old boy. I told my girlfriend about this, and even she thinks I'm fucking batshit insane, but it actually happened, and I can't explain it. Anyways, that's the story, the day I chased myself. If anyone has had any similar experiences, please tell me there is no way I'm the only one. I just saw my little brother's doppelganger. I just got done throwing up. This shit is still creeping me the fuck out and honestly makes me want to question everything about the reality we all live in. Maybe our lives are a simulation or maybe I'm just blowing a mere coincidence out of proportion. This morning at two, I heard an extremely loud scream and glass knocking over downstairs. I woke up extremely tired, but still hurried down with my pistol lying on the side of my pillow. As I head down the stairs, I hear whimpering that sounds awfully familiar. I walk straight into the kitchen and find nothing. I make a right into the living room. I see my little brother near the back door lying on the floor holding his leg with the massive gash on it. I rub my eyes and place my gun on the bar table and try and approach him. My little brother, Nick, cried to me and told me to stay away, holding his hands out and covering his leg. I back up and notice something was off. I can physically see that this thing is my little brother, but the hairs on the back of my neck stand up and soon snap me back into reality. The thought that comes to mind is that my little brother is in South Carolina. And I'm currently in Alaska. How in the absolute fuck did he get here, let alone on post? I snapped back into the current situation and run back upstairs to call my mom and told Nick to sit still. He pleaded and replied, hurry, it hurts. I grab my gun and head back up the stairs. As I call my mom and run back downstairs, he is gone. The broken glass and blood, all gone. My mom answers after the first two rings and answers crying. Nicholas got into a motorcycle accident. He's fine, but he just broke his leg and they're currently working on taking glass out of his leg. I stare off into a room of emptiness and begin to feel the urge of throwing up. I replied to my mom with an, okay, love you then hung up the phone. And now I'm here typing this story after thinking hours and hours, what the fuck did I just witness? Was this just an extremely lucid dream? Did I jump realities? Or was this a real doppelganger encounter? Whatever it was, it felt real. And I'm honestly scared out of my fucking mind. Top comment. 
no need to feel sick. And this kind of thing happens to people a lot. And you can find similar stories all over Glitch if you poke around for a while. Sometimes it's just a feeling. So you call and something just happened. Other times it's a visit or a vision like you had. In any event, it seems that on some level or another, we're able to sense or become aware of intense things that happen to people that are close to us. I've never had one that intense, but many times I've suddenly out of the blue thought I needed to contact somebody that I haven't thought of in years and found out that something just happened. Would be interesting to note if he was out when you had your vision, unconscious, under anesthesia, etc., Seems that most of the time when it's an in-person event, they're either dead or unconscious. Under anesthesia, he reached out to you, a stable force in his life who would support him in his moment of fear, pain, and need. The desire was so strong in him to reach out to you that he physically appeared, not a doppelganger, an astral projection. Google it. Our minds and wills are very strong, stronger than we realize. Sometimes great trauma can cause us to push beyond what we think we are capable of. There must have been a reason he turned to you and not your mother. When you see him again, share what happened. You experienced something terrifying, yes, on its face, but really it was a pretty cool thing. Glad your brother will be okay. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Blame It on the Aliens. I hope you enjoyed this doppelganger version themed episode of Glitch in the Matrix. And if you were inspired by these stories, feel free to send me any of your own personal stories or your own favorite Reddit stories. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be doppelganger related, but yeah, very interested in that. So send it to blameitonthealiens at gmail.com. And as always, I will see you guys next week. Send me any requests of stories or themes and all that jazz. Thanks so much for listening, guys. 